911. There's a big little, little big. Oh, who cares? He's black. Season finale, man. Yes, yes. It, we finally got here. You keep airing episodes, eventually you get to the last one of the season. And then they order 10 more. Isn't that right, Fuse? Save the best for last. Yeah. Buy Curious George. The little monkey that could, if he wants to. <laughs> Please go ahead. Okay. Buy Curious George. I'm, 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 uh, yes. Uh, sketch like Buy Curious George is one where I'm really grateful to have the platform that we, that we have to do the kind of content that we're getting to do. Sometimes in the conversation of identity politics, in gender, in sexuality, even when the floor opens up for different people to have their conversation, there still is this desire by the establishment, AKA cis white men, to come in and define that conversation. Right. And so we have uh, a monkey uh, based on, on Curious George coming to terms with the fact that he's starting to think that he may uh, have uh, bisexual tendencies, but he's got this friend, uh, the cis man in the yellow hat, no relation to the man in the yellow hat, in case right. anyone's lawyers are watching this who very quickly is trying to uh, put George in a box yeah, and try to... Yeah, he to make up his mind, right? Yeah, like... and, and he wants him to behave in certain ways to validate that identity as he sees it. And he tries to fuck him at some point, right? Well, that's how he tries to do it. Yeah. I mean, I was trying to cut to the chase. Yeah, so he's coming up against a world where they're like, hurry up and cut to the chase. And what I think is so interesting about this sketch is that, you know, George's argument back is that there is no chase to cut to. There is no place that I need to get to to prove to anyone else who I am, what I'm about, or what my needs are, what my life is going to be about. The only way people a lot of times know how to deal with other people that are different is if they have some kind of category or, you know, some, some way to identify them so that it makes it easier for them to accept. I mean, you don't always have to not accept everything that you don't understand. You know, you can just accept it for what it is and you can accept the people for who they are. And that was what I felt was kind of the underbelly of the, of the whole piece. And I also think that the man's behavior kind of represents that, okay, I don't accept this, but as soon as I do, I need to commodify what you're doing. So like, okay, if you're going to be gay, I need I'm to, gonna I, need I, to fuck you. Yeah, I'm gonna need to fuck you. I already told you, I'm not interested. In my opinion, the dopest commercial that we did this whole season, Smash the Patriarchy. I just love the two guys like, you know, wrote the Smash the Patriarchy game. Yeah. Like, yeah, we, like we mansplained the sketch. <laughs> well, that's what we're doing now. We're, yeah, man, we're, we're mansplaining, mansplaining the sketch. The sketch, yeah. yeah. This sketch was just really fun to write. Um, I consulted with a couple of our female writers, including Shannon McDees and, and Annie Letterman, again on this one. Yeah. Uh, not only for jokes, but also, it's it's kind of, this sketch to me is one of the more angry sketches I kind yeah. of feel like we've done, where there yeah. really is like a times up kind of component to this one that's yeah. very sincere. Right, and I mean, I think and it, it needed to be in order to really drive the point home, you know. Um, so, it, which I, I love the fact that like we can take some of these hot button issues and handle them with children, which makes it even, you know, more interesting, I think. like. You know, just the, the little girl have to go make the sandwich and she's like pissed off about it. And then the little boy, he actually feels kind of bad that she has to do that. But this is the game that they have to play in this world. My favorite shit actually is at the very end, we had Susan B. Anthony's like zombie hand pops out of the grave oh, yeah. and gives the Susan finger. Thing, yeah. Susan B. Anthony can finally stop spinning in her grave. We brought back the Lils. We again. took it full circle, you yeah. know. We came up with this around the time, I think, uh, 
like Godzilla was in the making, I believe, mm -hmm. or at least uh, right before it was re it was released. And I remember we were trying to think of how can the Lils redeem themselves. You know what I'm saying? Since they were kind of shitted on in the first sketch, and we thought, well, what if they got big? Yeah. And then <laughs> how would they get big? And we still don't know how they got big. Yeah, I mean, I think no, there's no, that, that line there goes. Someone even asked the question. It was a fucking cartoon. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, of course. Run. So we kind of cheated there, but but just the idea of like seeing these littles that are now like the size of like 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 uh, Godzilla and destroying the the town. Part of like with the littles that would that made it, the first little so fun is that we just beat the pun to death. You know, right. are, you know, are you in trouble? Only a little. Yeah. That here they're obsessed with the idea of like, what kind of revenge are we gonna get? Yeah. We're gonna get big revenge. And right. then like, I think that the littles end up getting destroyed by the military in this one. Right, right, right. And I know little Zan gets like big like Xanaxes thrown on him. And, right. And they got like, they, they Bring release- Bring in the Kaijus! Yeah, that's right. They, they release all the all the Kaijus, yeah. But I think the, the end joke was something along the lines of like, Maybe we should have just gone for regular size revenge. Right, right. Nah, you don't even care if I try. The last Friday, AKA Friday the 13th, AKA ain't gonna be no more Fridays, where <laughs> oh. we've always wanted to do a mashup of Friday the 13th and Friday, and finally, we've had our chance to do it. John Witherspoon is a psycho killer, having gotten bitten by a stray dog, getting rabies. Yes, and we love Friday, we love John Witherspoon, and we just so happened to have John Witherspoon's son actually playing his dad in this sketch. And um, it's funny because uh, JD even said that his dad was like, don't be playing me, boy. You're going to take all my work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still alive, JD. <laughs> <laughs> JD does the most Dead spot on. on. What's funny is John was always, or Spoon as we call him, is like undirectable. You know, it's yeah. kind of like you write some lines for him, you ask him to do it again, but yeah. like, if you try to dial in a performance, you, you, can't. you, you, can't, you can't do it. Whereas yeah. JD, you could actually like get you, the John Witherspoon yeah, performance right. he always wanted. Right, right, right. And my favorite shit in the whole thing is to have uh, John Witherspoon a cappella doing the Friday the 13th music. A choo choo choo. Ah ha ha. Shit is so fucking stupid. But, you know, Friday's one of those movies that, like, yeah. has influenced virtually everything we've done. We've quoted it endless times. So the idea of, like, Friday the 13th-ifying it, where we've taken every iconic scene of this beloved movie and turned it into, like, a grisly murder is, right, like, right. why I get up in the morning to make cartoons. <laughs> Don't nobody go in the bathroom for the next 35, 45 hours. And we ended up bringing Slink back again. For the season finale. For the season finale. The, the premise of this episode is that Kyle comes home uh, and finds out that Slink is living in this house. It's almost like a like a three bear story where this yeah. dude comes home to find a dude on his couch who claims that uh, he has a sublease with the landlord and so that anytime Kyle leaves his house, which he has a right to live there. He has a right to live there. And we've never seen Kyle ever leave his house in the yeah. course of the show. He's always, I think, starts and ends in the house. So this is the first and only episode where we see Kyle actually come in through the front door. Out of all the Kyle pieces, this one to me is the best one I think we've done. And it has the most heart and it's the funniest. I mean, Slink is truly amazing. Having him and Kyle work together, the chemistry they had. I mean, Kyle even said that like working with Slink, it actually made him actually even step up his acting even more. And um, and we've known Slink over the years and just seeing the growth of, you know, that he's had as an actor, like he's like really, really, really good now. He, he pulled off some really like, you know, heartfelt moments <laughs> where like it's almost a little tear jerking, you know, right when Kyle starts to really fall in love with this newfound bromance. 
he learns that Slink is actually the bromantic bandit yep. who was breaking into people's houses and stealing their hearts. Not, not any of their clothes. He don't want nothing else. None of their yeah, games. No jewelry. You can keep the money. He only wants niggas' hearts. I could play Smash Bros with you all day. But now, I'm going to jail. Niggas ain't gonna smash me, bro. Cause I'll stab a bro. Let's go, let's Look, go! Man. We'll always have Saturday morning, bro. We'll always have Saturday morning. We'll always have Saturday mornings. Oh, <laughs> no, man, but so, uh, this was like a really yeah. fun episode and, and really some of the biggest ideas, some of the most ambitious ones, you know, we kind of got in under the wire. Yeah. Um, few big ideas that we didn't get to do, but you know, we got those locked and loaded and ready to go. All right, well, uh, bye. Sometimes life is just hilarious. A little strange, <laughs> working all day just for little pay. No? No. no. Stick to writing, bro. Sugar and toys, sugar and toys, sugar and toys. Pop. Pack a bowl. Get the water. Pack a bowl. Get the ice. Pack a bowl.